episode four of Man's Search for Muscle. I think I'm uh, getting better at this, actually. Hopefully I am. Holy crap. But I really liked how my last one went because I got more of this sort of free flow of ideas. So I'm doing this again. I have some running around to do. I should mention I've been able to do a whole crap load of episodes in the past couple of days because I've got some time off work here. <laughs> it turned out that I, um, I accidentally accumulated a whole bunch of leave, 20 days, and uh, that's, I have to burn it up now because... So I'm, I'm not burning all of it up now, but I've, I've actually got a vacation. I'm living in Moncton now. I'm going back to Ottawa next week, where I'm from. And uh, so I'll be using some of it for then. And I, I took this week off. So that's why I've been able to do so much of this. And it's been pretty awesome for me to be able to explore some, some ideas. Today I was thinking the idea that I wanted to play around with a little bit is the idea of ambition and motivation because it's one that I'll tell you of all the things that people ask me this one comes up the most and it's how do you get motivated to work out there's that and then how do you stay motivated um, how do you you know because sometimes it's easy you know you look in the mirror and you're like oh geez I gotta do something about this mess I've created with my body and you know, you're you're pumped, you, you even go to the grocery store and you get a few healthy snacks and things and, and you're pumped, you're ready to go, man. And then, you know, a few days in or, or even like a month in, you're, you're like maybe not seeing the kind of progress you want and motivation is gone. You've sort of forgotten about what what drove you there in the first place and and boom, you're, you're back out of it. So, so that's what I wanted to think about and talk about a little bit today because I don't think I've ever really quite come up with a, at least not a simple, accessible response to how do you create motivation where none exists? How do you light the fire? within, you know, the burning in your belly, that kind of drive that excites you and, and makes you want to go out and, you know, uh, destroy the gym, whatever. So, and honestly, I don't think, to my knowledge, no one has ever quite cracked that. Because if, if we have, if we had, then... Well, for, first of all, it's maybe it's a good thing because if there was a certain way to get people motivated, then people would abuse that to motivate people to do evil things that they wanted. And in fact, that's essentially what the art of persuasion is all about. It's about using your personality and... Um, and emotion and stories and that to rile people up into wanting to do what you want them to do. It's pretty manipulative. It can be at least. Uh, when it's... And, and again, I mentioned in an earlier 
podcast that I think most people go about their life with good intentions. And I don't think there's a lot of people who say, oh, they rub their hands together and, you know, say, oh, I'm going to manipulate people's emotions so that I can get them to do what I want. I think most people are like, well, this is good and this is what people should be thinking. So I'm just going to nudge them in that direction. That's what I think. But that's a slippery slope. But anyway, it's, it's a good thing to be aware of. I think that way you're not manipulated. And I've certainly noticed as I've, uh, as I've gotten more familiar with language and meaning and hidden meaning in, in uh, the way people talk, it's, I've been more finely attuned to when people are trying to manip- manipulate me. And it drives me up the wall, obviously. Um, sometimes I think it's unconscious, but when it's conscious, that actually upsets me. So, I, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. That's. Um, I wanted to talk more about how, so it, if there's something you sort of know you should do, quote-unquote, which is another kind of murky area, I find. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about this for a little while because it's it's an interesting conundrum the, because on one hand, we often hear the advice that uh, well, I can't remember the expression, but forget the expression. Basically, it's saying that don't get caught up in what you quote unquote should be doing. In other words, just because someone says that you ought to be doing something or you ought to be living a certain way, don't let that make you feel worthless or that or guilty um, so if you're not living your life the way someone else thinks you should be or if you don't look the way some there's maybe a perception in your mind that in order to be attractive I, I should or I ought to or I have to look this certain way that's extremely unhelpful and, and potentially damaging at the same time and, and maybe it's this idea of, of finding the happy balance so which is with most things in life, which it can be used for good. I truly believe that, this idea that... And and the reason I think that is because Tom Venuto was, wrote the... Uh, I guess I'll say the second fitness book I ever read. Um, it was actually an e-book. It was before he published the paperback copy, or the print copy, I guess, of... Uh, burn the fat, feed the muscle. So this was way back in 2009 when it was, uh, I think it was published in 2005, but I only came upon it in 2005. Correction, uh, in 2009. I say it's the second book because, but it's, it's sort of the first because it's one that I came back to after I uh, had been away from 
bodybuilding, physique transformation. I stepped away from all of that for many, many years. I, Bill Phillips's Body for Life got me interested in it when I was about 20, but then I was disenchanted by that when I found out that he was really just selling products and um, to the point where I, I completely abandoned fitness for a long time. I did come back to it briefly, I should say, in, oh, what was it, 2003, I guess, when I was living in Vancouver. I This isn't meant to be a biography, by the way. I'm just rambling. But uh, I did come back to it for a little while. I, I uh, was involved in this program that was just kicking off there, uh, done by a fellow named John Jerub. That's spelled with an X. And anyway... Uh, same kind of thing. I, I uh, it didn't work out for me after a while. Just gonna turn the car off here because I've parked at uh, the store. I did it for a while, and then I got sick, so then I stepped away again. But anyway, I came back to it in around 2009, around the same time my marriage was starting to go in the toilet, and. Uh, and Tom Venuto's book really struck me, especially one passage that unfortunately, the reason I'm telling you all this, unfortunately it didn't make it into the print copy. I don't know if it's that he rethought it or um, I'm not sure, but it, it's something that stuck with me for a long time. And it, it was something along the lines of him saying, there's a great power in telling yourself that, or... or in, in changing your mentality from I want to do something to I must do something. And that stuck with me. And it, it did tell me, yes, if I tell myself I must do it, then that I found to be a powerful motivator, which is different from saying I must do it because I'm not good enough or I must be this way or I'm not good enough. Uh, which is a very psychologically damaging mentality to have. So it's it it is uh, there is a fine line there. I think. Anyway, my point was, uh, I wanted to get back to to motivation, or or creating motivation when you don't have any. Okay, so uh, getting this train back on course here. So if there's something you know you should do and then the question is just what does it take to get yourself to actually do it? I think that's a lot of times where people are coming from because you know that and that's sort of where I think we we can struggle um, so say when you want to get into better shape. This is where a lot of people are. They, they're like, I know I it would be better for me I'd have a longer and higher quality of life but for whatever reason they can't just, they just can't build up the drive and there's a lot of, I think if they're honest they will see that there's a lot of excuses and many times they'll admit this, you know, when, when you get into that funk, you're like, yeah, I know I have a lot of excuses and I know 
that's not cool. At the same time, I can't seem to find the inner drive to push past that. So I think it's a big thing. How can we manufacture this kind of drive? So the best answer I could formulate from this, and maybe I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to come up by the end of this episode, I'll be able to hone it down into something better than what I have now. Because personally, it's always began with personal values and having a sense of meaning and purpose in my life. And actually, I heard somewhat recently, it was within the last year or so, it was an older book, audio presentation, sorry, that Tony Robbins did. And what was the name of that one? Uh, it wasn't the Awaken the Giant one. It was it was like a, a course that was supposed to be a like a 30-day course. It was quite interesting. And one of the early things he talked about was the idea of getting leverage on yourself. So I like this idea. The idea being that it's it's similar to what I was talking about before when you come up with your what and your and then your why and then your how it's very similar to that idea where instead of why he's kind of replacing that with leverage so it's not just why do you want this but why do you not want the opposite of this i've heard it um articulated before in terms of uh, carrots and sticks. So the idea being, I'm, I'm not sure where this, I've looked into it. I've tried to figure out where this uh, expression came from because I've heard it several places now, but the idea being that, you know, picturing, um, say a horse, right, is going to be motivated either by dangling a carrot in front of it or by whapping it on the ass with a stick. One is going towards something you want, the other is moving away from something you fear, or something that's uncomfortable, or something that hurts, something along those lines. So again, he uses this leverage idea, well, why don't you want to stay where you are? Car off again. So yeah, I would... Now, I was say, talking about um, thinking of it in terms of purpose and meaning and values. There's an amazing book called by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, it might not surprise you to know that that's part of the inspiration of the title of this, so it's probably only fitting that I mention it. And... Man, what a moving book that is from every standpoint. I mean, it could be a movie in a sense. The horrors he went through in the Nazi uh, concentration camps 
but his, his spirit wasn't broken and the way that he clung to having a purpose essentially saved his life because all of the suffering and all the hardships he went through he knew it would be for a greater cause i don't think i don't think there's any more profound way to put it than than that so imagine if if we're talking again about wanting to get into decent shape well if you had to do it because it was that or die probably your I, I expect you would probably do it it's that old Nietzsche quote where he said and and this is sort of where I got the find your what why and how because his statement was any how can be overcome with a powerful enough why so creating motivation if if we're gonna start from the idea of getting leverage on herself finding a how finding a, a correction uh, finding a why why do we want to accomplish this why is it important that we do it that seems like a pretty good starting point uh, another thing that personally I've found to be helpful and I'm not going to take credit for this idea because I'm not going to attribute this to uh, to the person I'm going to mention either. It's just something I found to be true. So a long time ago, I want to say oof, maybe three years ago now or so, I read this book by Daniel Pink called Drive. And the premise of the book is about creating uh, motivation. And I, th I found there, it was a good book. There was some interesting ideas behind it. And for example, he talked about something that I mentioned in, I think it was the first episode where if you are not careful with your goals, then, and you're determined no matter what the cost, then that can lead some people to uh, become or to do things that uh, don't line up with their actual values and unless you have strong integrity you you might find you do things you wouldn't want to do so one of the things uh, he mentioned in that book that I found to be quite interesting and quite true is the idea that you can become extremely motivated to do something when you feel that you're performing an act of creativity. So when your creative mind is engaged, and I think it was the same author 
if I'm not mistaken, that wrote another book that was all about creativity and how the, our creative mind is something that's going to become more of a commodity the more uh, automated our world becomes because machines are fantastic at left brain type activities but no one's created a artificial intelligence that can mimic human creativity and there doesn't there's no reason to believe that anyone ever will I mean uh, yeah there's random generators and maybe something like that but certainly not in, in creativity in its truest sense so and again um, I know I'm going down another rabbit hole here but another thing with creativity that I've found is that uh, I think I mentioned that I was I went to film school and I did a bit of independent film work um, if you want to see something extremely horrible then you can look up my film the horror seasons I mean while it was quite exceptionally terrible it was also a, uh, a, a really fulfilling process to go through because it was my I mean it was my first film and, and looking back some of the creative decisions I made were kind of neat but I think the biggest takeaway for me was the, the process of working with actors and that was such a really an indescribable thing when you are working with creative people to come up with a creative outcome. Um, the, the sort of bond you form with with uh, someone while you're in the pursuit of something creative is unlike any other bond that I've ever personally encountered. I experienced a similar type thing when I was working on a writing project with um, with an actress that uh, that crossed that I crossed paths with, and just the process of it was uh, something very unique. So, I do know that creativity is a very powerful force and, and when you're engaged in it with someone else, it can create a very special bond. And I think this is why some relationship therapists suggest to become engaged in something creative with your partner is that way you can form this type of bond uh, to strengthen your relationship um, but being creatively engaged in something does give you a sense of um, like you've got a stock in it it now becomes something meaningful to you 
and it sort of becomes an experiment. So this was actually something that struck me a while back when I first started trying to think about whether creativity legitimately had a role in creating um, motivation. And what I came to, I don't know if discover is the right word, what I, what I came to realize was that the people who are in the fitness industry and who have been in the fitness industry for a long time, um, they do tend to have one thing in common, and that is that they all create their own programs. And they usually don't stick to one program. They'll, they're constantly creating new ones and, and evolving it and improving upon what they've done and finding ways to tweak it. It's quite fascinating. Um, I mean, if you take any fitness uh, expert that you particularly like, if you check out their site, almost certainly you'll find this is the case, that they create fitness programs or diet programs or whatever, and they've probably got, if they've made one, they've made a lot of them because they're constantly engaged in it. And these people, I, I used to think it was for a different reason, actually. I used to think that the way that these types of people keep themselves motivated to be in shape was because their livelihood depended on it. That might play a small role, but I think the bigger thing is that they're constantly creatively engaged in updating their knowledge and updating their methods and uh, creating new material. There's another idea that might follow along here. It might become interesting. I, and I honestly, I don't know where it fits in. Um, maybe we'll get there. And I can't even remember the proper term for it, but there is this method of training that is, um, oh geez, it's killing me. I can't remember the, the term for it. It's in uh, maybe instinctive training might be the word. So the idea behind this is that you don't sort of pre-plan your week as such. You don't go in saying, okay, Monday is chest day, Tuesday is back day, Wednesday is leg day, whatever. Instead, you sort of go by how you're feeling. So you hit the gym and then you're like, well, you know what? I think I kind of want to train my hamstrings today. And so you train hamstrings or I want to do this part and this part or I want to, you kind of, you kind of go off the fly and usually when you're doing this, you, it's, it's best to have a little bit of accountability so you're not doing chest every single day or biceps every single day like an idiot, but you know, you still want to balance out how frequently you hit the various parts, but this way it's not, you know, you're kind of shaking it up and 
keeping it sort of interesting for yourself and and I think that might also engage the kind of creativity um, parts of our mind responsible that that engage us so I, I don't know that might be something to think about because there were actually was a little bit of research into this suggesting that doing it that way was more beneficial than just sticking to a, a regular um, routine. In fact, maybe I'll try that tomorrow. Maybe I'll uh, hit the gym. And I know that when I've done it in the past, it's been pretty enjoyable, you know, because I, the, the trouble with me is I hate training legs. I'm one of those guys, I don't like training legs. So if it's not fixed into my schedule, I do tend to slack. I'll admit that. So that's where, that's why I usually haven't gone that approach, but maybe I'll try it tomorrow. Actually, as a matter of fact, tomorrow is supposed to be legs day for me. So, oh boy, could be trouble here. But why not? Might as well give it a try. Um, where was I going with that? don't actually remember where I was going with that, but uh, off the fly here, another idea that might be helpful now that I think about it is the idea of investing in yourself. Uh, this is a one, I think you've got to approach with caution, but I will say that I've there's been times when I found that for example, investing in a gym membership, right? You pay whatever it is per month, usually between 50 and 100 bucks a month. And it's a ongoing expense as compared to working out, say, at home. But I found the simple process sometimes of making that investment it creates a sense of accountability and it's like, well, I should go to the gym I, I because I'm paying to go to the gym. Sometimes that helps and it makes it more enjoyable too. It's like, a, you know, if you buy yourself a new pair of shoes or something, it's kind of a treat, you know, it's, it's sort of a preemptive award uh, or reward for you for training. Um, so I, yeah, that's another one that might help in terms of creating motivation. So let's see, which ones have we covered? We've talked about uh, finding your meaning, finding your purpose, your why, as Nietzsche put it, or Nietzsche, Nietzsche. I don't know how you pronounce that, to be honest, but that's how I pronounce it. Or leverage, as Tony Robbins puts it. So finding your, your why, your leverage, your reasons for doing it, which might mean digging deep into your value system. Actually, when I ask myself why something is important, I usually don't stop at asking one time. I usually do it at least three times. So, for example, you might say, and, and this leads into whether how strong it is. So if you say, I want to lose weight for example. Why? Well, because I want to look good. Why do you want to look good? Well, because 
Um, I don't know, there's a wedding coming up or I'm, whatever. Okay, well, why is it important to you to look good for this wedding or to look thinner for this wedding? Whatever. So the deeper you dig, the more wise you dig and deep, deep, deep. And again, asking it, it's a tough question to ask and you answer honestly, which is something we talked about last episode. Ask difficult questions, answer them, answer them honestly. And when we get to that answer, I've seen it go both ways, to be honest. I've seen that answer come up being something very superficial. And I say, well, you know what? That doesn't align with my values. Being Having a, a six-pack just so I can, you know, pose on Instagram does not align with my values because I'm not somebody who likes to show off or I, I don't like the idea of trying to, you know, get likes from social media just so I feel better about myself. It's not me. So if you get to that point and you're like, that's your reasoning, well, that's a good thing in a sense. It seems, it might seem bad, but it's actually a good thing because that means either you can change your goals. You can say, okay, well, I don't actually want to say, get a six pack in that case. Whereas if I build muscle, that will align with my goals because I'll be stronger. So you can say that you can shift around your goals or you can shift around your, your why. So you can say, well, no, it's really not about that. It's not really about wanting to impress other people. It's about proving to myself that I can maximize my potential or something along those lines. I know I'm, I'm riffing here, but you get the idea when, when you dig deep with your why you can when you get to the answer, if it's not satisfactory, then you can change around either the, the start of the question or the answer. If it is satisfactory, then great. Then you've discovered something about yourself, about why this is important to you. And you can use that to drive yourself forward. So, um, so find, yeah. So finding the leverage, finding the, the reason why it's important to you. That's one of the big things, um, and making sure, like I say, that it aligns with your core values. So this is getting into a, a whole other area that we didn't even really touch on, which is, well, how do you know what your values are? And this is something, oh boy, oh wow, this is huge. How do you know what your values are? Well, this actually bothered me for a long time, especially after I broke up with my last girlfriend. I started feeling very empty, very purposeless. I didn't know who I was, which is weird. I wasn't together with her that long, but for some reason I took it really hard and I began questioning everything about myself because I thought I was working towards something with her and my life and everything. And suddenly that was gone. A huge part of my life was gone. And I started wondering what the point of my life was. I had this awful existential crisis internally that was eating me up and consuming me. If you've ever been there, you know how unsettling that is. 
So I began looking at every resource I could find to try to figure my way through this because it was so difficult that after sitting and stewing in it for a while, I was like, I've got to get out of this somehow. And eventually I found uh, a book by um, John Martini. It was called Values. And that helped me figure it out. Essentially, his premise was that you can figure out what your values are simply by looking at your tendencies, which seems counterintuitive in a way, but it actually works wonders. And it reminded me of something my father told me when I was a teenager. He, when I was growing up, I don't, I don't actually know how it is now, but basically when I was getting my learner's permit, you had to pay about a hundred bucks for it. And my family was not in a financial position that they could just, you know, give me the money. And thank, I'm thankful for that in a way. Um, my dad said, you know, if you can come up with the money and pay for it yourself. And I never had a job other than uh, working on a farm as a teenager. So, and my friends were, you know, their parents were basically giving them the money to do this. So, you know, I was a little annoyed at the time. And my dad's response would be, well, if it was really important to you, you would find the money. And he was right. Because it wasn't really important to me. And I know this because when I did have extra money, I spent it on music equipment, on guitars and foot pedals for my guitar. And it was music stuff, you know. That's what was important to me. And this is what uh, Dr. Martini was t is suggesting. He's saying if you look at your tendencies, what types of things you like to talk about, how you like to spend your money, uh, how you fill the space around you. Um, actually, on his website, I believe he's got 13 questions and answering these will, it's free. So I would definitely recommend doing that if it's still up. It, was up uh, a while back when I went and did it myself back at this time. And you ask yourself all these questions and it will lead you to understand your values. And what I came to learn about myself was what I valued most was being a father. So if my fitness goals didn't align with being with my role of being a father, then I was essentially self-sabotaging. So, I, you know, once you have that information, you can align them very nicely. So there, there was a bit of a, there's a bit of a tangent for you. Um, okay, so we, we've got finding your why, and you use that finding your purpose, finding your meaning, finding your values, all those things we just talked about, uh, incorporating creativity into your, uh, creating your actual fitness and diet program. And, and I mean, don't be afraid to go off book, try something different. It's interesting to me that a lot of people who go on, I don't want to say extreme diets, but unique diets, we'll say, 
often uh, span the, the spectrum. So there's one diet I'm familiar with. I've never tried it, but it it's fascinating called the carnivore diet. Well, and all you eat is meat, basically. And funny enough, a lot of the people who are doing that now and, and promoting that started out as or didn't start out, but also were vegan for a while. And they found benefits in that, and then but they couldn't maintain it, and then they're trying meat, which also seems unsustainable, from what I can tell, and from a financial aspect, if nothing else. But anyway, my point being, have fun. Be creative. Um, there's a concept, too, called the exclusion diet. I love that, where what you do is... A lot of us have different food sensitivities, so, and and there's a lot of commonality in those foods. A corn is a big one. Uh, there's there's a book called the Anti Anxiety Diet that um, her premise is it sort of leans towards keto, I believe, but she talks about removing inflammatory food, which you know, and sort of one by one in in uh, an exclusionary form. So. Uh, like corn is one she talks about that's a very uh, inflammatory food. So I tried that. I tried removing just corn, you know, and for a while, like corn and corn products. Remove that. See how your body reacts, you know. Do you notice things are a little bit better? Then then maybe you can try ex uh, taking out, say, dairy. Um, or you can try taking out, uh, well, definitely refined sugar would be a good place to start probably. You know, you can you can do this by so like I say, my point is that there's a lot of creative things you can do with your diet as well as your training. Um some, so I think that's uh that's pretty good for today. I've rambled on for a long time in this this episode. So uh I think I've left you with some practical advice and I think I've I think I've pieced together some things in my mind. The thing is, last time I wanted to start off with the self-awareness because it was logically first in line in in my thinking. I've jumped forward ahead to this ambition one because, like I say, it's one that comes up a lot. Maybe if you find you're struggling with ambition, maybe we're maybe you're starting at the wrong point now that I'm thinking about it maybe a place to begin is with the self-awareness and discovering what your values are. It, it basically requires that you become somewhat self-aware anyway, so that's probably a good idea to begin with. So yeah, I think uh, regardless of it being leg day tomorrow. I think I'm going to go ahead and, and try to go a little bit off book. Those are sometimes my favorite workouts. Even actually, I think I'll do, yeah, what I'll do is a variation of that. So I'm not going to go completely off book. What I'll do is I'll, I'll stick to doing legs because like I said, I don't want to skimp. And if it was left up to me, I'd probably do shoulders and maybe back and maybe arms. But I'll do legs. Uh, actually, I'll do legs and arms. That's normally how I pair them together. But instead of 
going off book as far as which exercises I'm going to do. I think I'm going to go off book and I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I usually like to throw some squats in there because it's just such an amazing movement. But I, yeah, I'll, I'll just have fun with it. I'll, I'll go through, go around the gym. And like I was talking about before, I'll, I'm not going to do more than one set at the same intensity. So, okay. I'll, I'll leave you with that for now. And if you leave me some feedback, I'd love that. I'd like to know if, uh, if you have any ideas of where you'd like me to take it from now, otherwise I'll just uh, continue plotting on and see where I go. Mm-hmm.